Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. It is Sunday night, and it is time for another live stream. Today, there is a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. As you can see, I have a new piece of equipment that I've been playing with, which we'll talk a little bit about. I am super interested in how this sounds. Now, the new piece of equipment is obviously related to audio, but I am super interesting in how it sounds because it's going to allow me to do lots and lots of new things. We're going to be able to do things like this when we go, you know what, you are a complete asshole. So we're going to be able to do stuff like that and lots and lots of other stuff as well. But don't worry, we're not turning into a mad, we're not turning into Ken Heron. That's not happening. It's just some new stuff that's going to give me some new options, new opportunities, but also make my life a little bit easier as well. So tonight, what are we going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about the big article that I put out yesterday. I think it was Friday. Can't remember what day I put it out, but we're going to talk about that. Not too much, but we're just going to walk through it. I'm going to try and keep it as short as possible. But I want to also address something in that, which is quite interesting, pardon me, and that is, is why? Why does it matter? Because there's been some interesting comments, and one of the big ones was, I don't understand why this matters. And I want to try and explain that a little bit. We're also going to be talking about a new flight controller from Speedy B that I have here. My video on it will be going up tomorrow. Actually, I've got it here. Um, but we'll just talk about that and just give you a quick overview on that. We're going to talk a bit about the walk snail update in the sense of they've updated their websites. We've got specifications. And for those who watched the channel earlier in the week, I have placed an order with Roto Riot. And we're also going to take a quick look at the Commando 8 because iFlight sent me one to have a look at. And I, it is not the radio I thought it was at all. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I was just a bit surprised in many ways with this radio and we will talk a bit more about it too now as always anything we do we always have interaction from you guys and that is if you have any questions please do let me know put them in the chat i want to say a massive massive thank you at the start of this video to all of my patreons because we have seen so many people come on board with this in the last couple of weeks and months. I want to say a huge thank you. I would not have been able to make the Walk Snail purchase, stroke Fat Shark Dominator HD Snail Walk Fat Thing purchase without you all. Those who have donated independently and those who have donated via Patreon. Um, if you want to support us, please do consider checking that out. There is lots of content to come on that. And we're going to be talking about that system. It's not just going to be a review. There is so much to talk about on that system when mine comes. I know I'm not going to be the first. There will be the big channels will be pushing their content out first. And that's fine. That's fantastic. What we will do is follow up with my opinion on things, which is A, independent. B, my own take, as always. And C, we'll go into the technical stuff as well. We'll dive into the areas perhaps others can't. And I'm not talking about taking the cover off and looking at the chipset. I'm talking about we're going to get it on the Spectrum Analyzer and have a look at really what is going on as well and do some stuff like that. So if you're interested in seeing that, please do check out the links to the Patreon. So it's time to just catch up on the chat. Good evening, Ram. Fly Zone Drone. How are you? Ram Donko. Hello, Ken. How, Mike? Ram... 
uh, Keedon, I think that's how you say that. Nano Semiconductors, let's run. David Martin, how are you, my friend? TS13FPV, Northern Tier FPV, William Tam, how, am I, how are you, my friend? Hello, David. Sorry I couldn't make it, David. I've been away all week, and I just couldn't get away today. There's been so much going on in my life today. It's been crazy. Jordi, how are you? Uh, Mr. Huggy, Mike Ram... Expander type. Hello, type. How are you? Mr. GBG. Hi, guys. I'm very, very upset. I have bought a Mavic 3 and I can't go more than 200 meters in C mode. Sounds a bit off in C mode. You should at least get a kilometer. I would expect that. Audio Geek FPV. Good evening, Mr. DPG. That's the gentleman I just answered the question on. George Cooper. Hi, mate. I have a question. Where did I buy this T-shirt? My wife got me this T-shirt for Christmas last year. I was running out of clothes to wear. I had a shower just before I came on, and my wife got me the T-shirt. Um, I don't know where she got it from, so I fancied something a bit different tonight. Um, flew the recon for FR. It was great. Hi, mate. Uh, sorry, we got to that one. Bok Randy says, Commander 8 gimbals are crap. I've not put much stick time on them. They definitely are not up there with the Zorro. I, I will out and out and say that now. Um, but we'll we'll take a look at it. And again, it's not, in many ways, I wouldn't call it a competitor to the Zorro at all. Price-wise, they're very similar, but I, I don't think they're in the same market in any shape or form. So, um, hmm. Interesting, but we will talk about that as we go through. So, guys, do me a favor. How is the audio? Before we move forward, how is the audio? And the reason I'm asking is this. I am very, very excited, super excited, because I bought myself this. Now, I have been drooling over this for some time. The first version, actually, and Rode just released the new version, which is the Rodecaster Pro 2, and this is all through that at the moment and it's going to allow me to do all sorts of other stuff including actually stripping the stuff off for a podcast a lot better but this is just an unbelievable device there will be a video coming on this actually for those things but it's just unbelievable it also allows me to do some silly things as well you know i, I can and do this and we can get all excited and we can talk like this but we can go into the devil as well if we really really want to making sure I've turned them off. <laughs> but it does allow us to do all sorts of stuff. But for me, it's about the real technical end of stuff it's going to allow me to do on the channel too. Um, but yeah, there's also... And and if there's anyone here, you've got... Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, Danger, Will Robinson. We've got that one too, if that worked. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts on this thing. It, it is unbelievable unbelievable i did start earlier to do um the devil from the south park movie but i started getting myself into very very deep and dark waters once you start going down that road um so uh, yeah but there's lots of other stuff on it we've got things like um let me just have a look over here um you know we've we've got uh that can't remember what that one is. Just popped in. Tommy Lee's shot by the sound. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, so there's all sorts on here. Um, a reply from DJI on the recent issues with the digital FPV system. See? that's It's fact. It's just fact. 
You know how it's going to be. So, anyway, that's enough of playing around. Let's get back on with the show as normal. And the first thing we are going to talk about is actually a reply... Information from Fat Shark on the launch of my purchase Dominator HD FPV system. What have we heard? Yeah, there we go. That's what I should have said. <laughs> so, anyway, let's get on with it because I could get myself into deep, deep trouble here. Let's get onto the desktop, first of all. So, guys. This camera isn't well-placed, unfortunately. It's quite high. I need to adjust this, but you can see me. So we're going to be talking quickly about this. Now, if you haven't seen, I put this sort of article out on the history of DJI's wireless systems and is Walksnail using HD0 technology, or sorry, DJI technology. Now, I posted this on my community page, but I also put it on RC Groups and Rotoriot as well. And it's a breakdown to just go through everything. Now, I just want to say up front, a huge thank you to Jonas on this because me and him talk a lot in the background on stuff and we've been bouncing off each other on this and I was the one that put the bulk of it together but Jonas was involved in tidying it up and just making sure. I'll be honest, I was pretty drunk every time I was starting to write this so I, I needed him to keep me on the straight and narrow but we put up this massive post just explaining the situation on HD, DJI HD where their chipsets came from as we understand it but also some interesting stuff around why we may have had the US government be upset with DJI but also then what else is being used and who else is using this technology for the likes of Autel using lead core chipsets? Arston, uh, Artisan um, appear to be using similar IP. And then we talk a bit about the Avatar chipset and the chances are it's this Artisan chipset, which is the AR8211. We don't know for sure, but it was really, really interesting. And there's a huge article on it. If you haven't read it, it is there. Now, the basics on this article is basically all of DJI's sort of core technology is based on lead core. The chipset we know they used was lead core. The new P1 is a variant of lead core, and it all goes back to that. So when we talk about DJI technology, it's not really DJI's technology. We have a chipset which has been made with other people's IP. Think of this very much like ARM. So Apple make the A7, A8, A9, A10, AX10, all these chips, but they're based on ARM technology. And this is very much the same situation. We know what's in the DJI chipset, and that is heavily lead core based with SIVA DSPs. Now, the real interesting thing in all of this is we've been able to piece together that the DJI chipset is made by lead core pretty much, or at least has lead core's technology in. So does the Pinecone S1 in Healink. So does the chipsets by Autel. So does a couple of other manufacturers as well. And it all really comes around to this one company. And the really interesting thing in this isn't actually that company, but it's what these manufacturers have been allowed to do with the LTE core. OcuSync is based off LTE, okay? That's a fact. There's no change in that. It's all based off LTE technology. And the really interesting thing in all of this is they've been given access to very low levels of control within LTE's baseband. 
we haven't seen anyone else really have that level of control, especially in the West. And that is possibly what sort of shook the US government up a little bit, that you've got these Chinese manufacturers literally tinkering in the very deepest belly of um, LTE's baseband and technology. And that's probably what somewhat upset them because you haven't seen anyone else. Now, what you can look at this on a high level, and I mentioned that on this, on the desktop view, what, what you can say from this, what does it all mean? And from a high level, you can basically say the Chinese state government basically gave control of this technology to various companies and said, hey, look what you can do with it. Um, and, and that basically is it. You know, it is appearing to be very much state-sponsored in the sense of the Chinese government owned Ledcor, basically. Ledcor was a Chinese state government company, and their technology is used in all of this stuff. And it, it's just driven the industry far quicker forward than anyone else has. Now, the point in all of this was that Walksnail are probably using a variant of this, which is made by uh, the Artisan Company, which is the AR8211, as I said earlier. We don't know for sure, but I would be not shocked at all to see that. And, um, yeah, and, and look, there's nothing magical here. The thing to take from this is people keep saying, oh, no one can replicate DJI. What DJI are doing is not magical. They're just doing what Apple is doing with that SOC. They're making their own, not necessarily them, but they're having someone make their own chip or there's a company making it for them to suit them. But there's also a bit of magic going on in the baseband as well. Now, if you haven't seen the article, check it out. It really is worth a look. I think it's a very good article, personally, being the person that wrote it. Um, but overall, it's great info. It really, really is. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's at the end of the day, it's very much a situation of why did we think DJI was so special? We all sat here going, only DJI could do it. Why was DJI being labeled as being so special? The reality was it was just that they were first. That, that's what it was. And you're going to see more systems like this. You really are. Um... The chances are the kind of stuff that's being done here is being done in the West, but not in the public domain and being done in military applications. I suspect that's possibly what's rattled the rest of the world a little bit on this. Um, and, and that's it. You know, it's that simple. Now, a really interesting conversation on this whole thing is why is this important? Why do we discuss this and why is there so much fuss around this? And the reality is this. FPV is made up of many facets. There are kids who just come in and want to fly. There are people who just want to come in and fly. But there are people like me who are in the more technical end of it. And just like in PC gaming, there are people who just do PC gaming. But there are people who really want to know the technical aspect. And the easiest way to think of this, right, is this. And there was a comment that Drew made, and I found it interesting. Uh, hello, Drew, if you're watching this at some point. I hope you're all well, mate. Um, thanks to the team for getting back to me so quick on my order. I'll talk to you about that. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and Drew just sort of made a comment saying why I don't understand why people are so interested in this. And the reason is this. 
if you look at the PC gaming industry, you have, say, Linus Tech Tips that has sort of dumbed-down content for the everyday person. You've then got the likes of J2Sense that does gaming PCs but goes in sort of a mid-level depth. And then you've got GN, Gamers Nexus, and then Hardware... Um, over hardware, um, the the um, buildzoid who does the stuff with him on the graphics cards and all of that stuff, and they go in super deep, and there is people interested at every level. Now, the bit I find a bit crazy in this is we've got segments of FPV sort of saying you don't need to know. This isn't important. You should just go and fly. And I think some of these need to take a step back and realize this is all part of the hobby, just like it is in gaming PCs, in PCs, in computers, in everything. There is always people who will provide content for the people who just want to go fly in, just want to put a battery in and understand that. And then there are people who will want to know more. And it's all part of the same thing. So... I do struggle when people sort of say, I don't know why people need to know this. You don't need to know this. Well, people do need to know this. People want to know this. It's part of the industry. Drones and FPV started as a very much DIY hobby. It still is, but a technical DIY hobby. And then it's moved more to the mainstream. But that doesn't mean you should just close the door on that part of it and say... That's it. I don't I don't want to know about that now. So people want to know simply because they want to know and the industry is made up of many facets and not one of them is right and not one of them is wrong. And there are those of us in it that do the technical stuff like me and Mario and Chris Rosser and um, the guys on the beta flight days side and all of that stuff. And then We've got the guys who do the sort of mid-level. And then you've got JB, who is probably the Linus of FPV. I'm not dumbs it down to a mid-level, you know, mid to light level for people. Explains it in such a way that makes sense for everyone and puts that out there. But it doesn't mean people should just say... You don't need to know. You don't get to know. I don't understand why you need to know this. And I think that is something I'm surprised at by some people who've made those comments. I am shocked. They think like that. I think people need to unblinker themselves a little bit. I really do. So that's my thoughts on that. So we want to know because... We are technical people. Not everyone is, but there is a market. This channel wouldn't exist if those people weren't out there. You know, I am sort of the GN of FPV. That is the direction I've pushed the channel. I'm not going to hide that. Certainly the way I've upset some manufacturers. Um, and, and, you know, that's that. That's how we do it. So... That's that. I hope you guys understand the way I mean it. Hopefully, we might get some people understand this a bit better as well as we move on. Just catching up on the chat a moment before we move on. I like FPV so much. Rabbit hole of head tracking pan and tilt is next. Very cool. Um, Fragman FPV, good evening. Totally agree, says Ilden. Um, did you guys see Bardwell's Burning Man photo from 10 years ago on Facebook? I've seen one roaming around of his. Um... 
uh, Picard looks like he's had a stroke. Um, love the shit. Just started to watch. Thank you very much. You ain't, oh, you're just watching season two. Rotomotion. I'll save that for another video. Just catching down on the chat. Mike Bergen sending out all manufacturers to China was the biggest mistake America has ever made. It will come back to haunt us. It'll come back to haunt everyone. Um, so, yeah, that's the situation. Now, this leads us very nicely. And, and for those who want to see this article, sorry, I haven't said that yet. For those who want to see it, it's on Road to Riot's Facebook page. It's also on the community page on my channel. So when you finish this, go on to the community page. But if you want to see another version, I'll put a copy in the chat as well. This is on RC Groups. I always post stuff to RC Groups as well. Um, it is there. You can find it there. Uh, actually, no, that's probably not the right one. Let me just remove that. Let me do it again. Let me give you a proper link. I do put a lot of stuff on RC Group still because it's just a good place to put stuff that it doesn't disappear. Um, there you go. That's the best one. You'll find it on that one. So there's a link to it there as well. Um, I hope Bruce is doing well. I haven't seen him poking around yet. I haven't seen him for a few days. Yeah, I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is. Um, so that. Okay. This leads us very nicely onto the next subject, and that is Walk Snail, because they have finally updated their website, and we have some specs, and there's some stuff here we probably want to talk about, because frankly, some of it is complete nonsense, and I'll show you guys why. So, Hopping back over to the desktop, moving my mic a minute. Sorry, guys, I really need to improve this element. They've now added a product page on their website where you can see everything. And if we click on the Walk Snail Avatar goggles, for instance, there is now a full spec list. So we've got the pictures, but if we scroll down, we can see 1080p, 46 field of view, canvas mode, diopters, four antennas, HDMI output. They're then showing you the display stuff, OSD. They're talking about canvas mode. Now, this is where things get a little bit strange, okay? So I'm going to zoom in a little bit here for you guys so you can see it. Part of this is behind my head, but so be it. Now, first of all, they're showing this image of OSD, okay? That isn't a typical beta flight OSD for the menus, number one. Number two, notice all of this stuff down here and just notice the readings, okay? So there's that. We go down to the next image here. It is exactly the same information overlaid again. It's all renders as they were flying through the Colosseum there. Then we scroll down to this one, which again is all renders again with the same thing showing the same information. So none of this is actual footage. They're calling it canvas mode, but beta flight full OSD, so we're going to have to see the same. But there's still no real info on what this info is. What we have, though, is a full spec. And we also have info on a new feature as well called ranging mode. Turn on ranging mode to display the distance between the drone and the goggles in real time in case the drone is lost due to long distance flight. So that is quite interesting. And here's another interesting thing you guys might not know. That is a patented feature by Artisan. 
Not saying it is their chipset. We're not saying it's not, but we're not saying 100% that it is. But remember in my article where we said we think it's their chipset and Junus found a patent they've got for that exact feature. Interesting that, isn't it? So we've got that. And then at the bottom, we've got the specs. Now, there is a couple of strange things here. The one big one is the walk snail goggles stay up to 6S power input. But the Fat Shark goggles say up to 5S. If I just hop over to Fat Shark's website, and I'll show you guys on here. We've got the Dominator. So if we look down here, 7 to 21 volt, 5S. On the Walk Snail, 6 to 25 volt, 6S. So there is a bigger difference in theory on these goggles than we, we've seen before. They also are including antennas in the box with the walk snail goggles. They're including these red bird left hand circular polarized antennas with a 1.9 dBi um, gain, and that is included with it as well. There's really nothing else particularly new here that we found out other than the fact of um, that their renders are complete nonsense and that they are a different voltage to the other ones. There is also something else that's worth talking about on this as well, on the goggles before we move forward, and it is in the spec here. So if we go to here, 1080p OLED displays, which is fantastic. We like it. However, these displays are at 100 hertz. It's actually down in the specs if we come down here. So 100 hertz refresh rate on the displays at 1080p. Now, the system is capable of 120 hertz, just like DJI. So there is going to have to be, in that mode, some frame dropping or interpolation done to deal with the frames that they're not able to display. Because DJI's goggles are actually running at 120 hertz in FPV mode, and the version 2s go to 144 hertz in FPV drone mode. Version 1s are 120 hertz to match 120 frames a second. So it is interesting that they've reduced, they've had to reduce because it's probably the refresh rate of the OLED panels. And that is actually the same as what Carl has said on the HD Zero goggles too. But it is interesting, but there's going to have to be some software magic. Otherwise, they're going to have to dump frames and you're going to get some jerk or jitter as a result of it. So it's going to be interesting to see how that behaves, that element, because it's not just as simple as taking frames out, you will feel that. There's going to have to be some mixing involved here. Otherwise, you're going to get this catch-up effect like we've seen on D on HD Zero now and again, and it, it gives a jitter. Um, so that's it. If we look down here, we then have the VTX, and again, we have a bit more info here now than we had before, 1080p dual range. They're still stating the system at 4 kilometers, but so is DJI. Again, up to 6S. And then they'd simply just given us the overall spec saying 22 milliseconds low latency supports both high frame rate and standard frame rate in high frame rate has an average latency of 22 milliseconds average. Just remember that average. Um, eight gigs of built in DVR storage, which is going to be OK for most people. No SD card on the VTX, as we've seen. I tell you what is interesting now. This image is horribly compressed the image they are showing on their website. I don't know how well you can see this 
on the live stream. But if you go to Walk Snail's website, you look at this image for yourself. This is compressed on the built-in storage. But this is shocking. Absolutely shocking. I cannot believe they used that as marketing images. I cannot believe they put that up as marketing images. Um, and then they just go on about the rest of the stuff there. Before, the VTX doesn't have a USB port built in. It has a connector with a USB cable. So there's no USB-C port on the device directly. There's just a port on this side for our power and I.O. And then there's a port on this side here for our USB. And on the kit, they include that USB cable with it. Um, but they don't include it when you buy the single VTX. So, and then again, they're showing the antennas that they include too. So, packing list is there. So, that's the situation with the VTX and that. Now, I have been told that they will be shipping in either the next few days or by early to middle July. That is Walk Snail. Although there is talk now today that Flywoo have it for sale, if we have a look. Um, but all the info I was given was that Fat Shark was going to ship first. That's what I was personally told. Um, if we search for Avatar, there we go. And if we just go back on the desktop, this now says in stock, but we don't know what that means. We don't know if they are actually shipping yet. I have been reliably formed that the Fat Shark stuff is on its way to dealers and that they will be shipping in the next week. My basic understanding is they're waiting to give the reviews out, so we know JB is going to have his review. Steely is probably going to have a review, and I have heard Amaguardi, I think, or whatever his name is, is going to have a review. Um, and JB has his in hands now. JB's is in his hands. So his review, I, I guess, is this week. I haven't spoke to him now. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to be... We're going to have to um, wait and see. We were all told by Greg from Fat Shark that in the Fat Shark goggle was the only goggle what walks they had on their website with a mock-up preview. I know. I'll let you read into that as you wish. Walksnail will be shipping very, very soon. I can tell you that. We've even had them, they've even been harassing dealers to buy the stuff. So, that's the situation with Walksdale. Now, I have actually now, as I put in my video, pre ordered, paid in full with Rotor Riot for a set of the Fat Shark goggles. Now, I'm going to explain why I did that and not the avatars a minute. And the first reason was I didn't know at the time when the avatars were going to ship. My info today is a bit different than the info I had a few weeks ago. I was originally told at least the 15th onwards with Fat Shark launching before month end this week. But that seems to have changed now. And I'm hearing hints that Walksnail is shipping any moment as well. And the way this has been, 
I can probably guarantee Walksnail are going to ship. Because, look, if you look at everything they've done has sort of gone around Fat Shark. So Fat Shark put a website up and said, launched the product, and then Walksnail shoved a website up and said, hey, look at us. So do we honestly think for one moment Walksnail are going to sit back and go, oh, no, 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 we won't, we won't send any out. Send them out. It's a weird position for Fat Shark. They appear to have a partner they basically can't trust or control. That, that seems to be it. I'm not saying Walksnail is bad. I'm just saying they're doing their own thing. <laughs> and whether Fat Shark has any control over that remains to be seen. But, so, we've been told the Walksnail is going to ship fairly soon. I reached out to the guys at Rotoriot middle of last week and said, look, I am looking to buy this system. If I ordered today... How far down the pre-order queue would I be? Was the question I asked, number one. I also put in a bit of a message for Drew, further to basically saying I'm the asshole that had to go at him on Facebook. And um, But I said, look, guys, I want to place a pre-order. Can you tell me how long it's going to be? I know you can't tell me when these are going to ship, but what I want to know is... Uh, how far down the line am I going to be in that list? And the basic information I had was, if I ordered, I should be in that initial batch. Now, I don't know, does that mean the initial batch is massive and there's loads available, or has the pre-orders been quite low? I would imagine the pre-orders are very, very low. I would imagine that. I can't imagine them being great numbers, if I'm honest, based on the cost of this thing. So I want to say a big thank you to the guys at Rotoriot who, who come back to me in like four hours. I sent it early doors UK time. As soon as they were up, they were on it. Sent a message back straight away. Um, I replied to them and we went back and forth a little bit on a couple of things and they were fantastic. So I decided looking at the postage costs between them and Get FPV and everyone else that... Um, it worked out better for me to order from Rotoriot. So that's what I did, basically. So I have paid in full. The money has gone in. I'm hoping they ship on day one of launch. I paid for like two, three-day postage. We'll obviously have the JB reviews early. We'll have all of those guys. Um, but we're going to have to wait and see. What I will do, though, guys, as always, I will give you my content to give you my opinion on what the product's like as well. What I will always say is don't rely on one reviewer. Look at everyone's. Um, <coughs> the, Avatar <coughs> the Avatar goggles are actually DJI V3. The Avatar are nothing to do with DJI. They're, they are nothing to do with DJI. At least Steam Deck is only five bucks pre-order. <laughs> the Steam Deck. Yes. I have to wait for the Southern Hemisphere version with all of these. Yes, Bruce, I will let you know what they're like. Um, any news what DJI will do next? Nothing I can publicly talk about, I'm afraid. We don't know officially. There's still nothing more in the public domain. Will the DJI antennas be compatible with the new system? No, they are actually compatible. In theory, 
all of the DJI antennas will be compatible on this system. It's both left-hand circular polarized and RPSMA. So there is a nice little thing on that, that it is all fully compatible. Um, so in theory, you will be able to take any antennas off the V2s, V1s, patches, anything you can make fit. That that should all be fine. Do I think there'll be a significant big upgrades on the V3? I don't know exactly from a goggles point of view what they intend to do. You've got to understand the stuff that people know is none of this is 100% and and the way the information comes isn't like a spec sheet. We know stuff but that stuff going into the public domain would cause problems because it could only mean it appeared from one of X amount of places. So we have to be very careful. It's not that people don't want to share stuff. You cannot show your hand too quickly. Everyone, we do, and again, what known today doesn't mean it will actually launch. I, I have said this before, and I will say this again. I am not convinced what is going to come is what 80% of FPV pilots will want. There is a very real possibility, and you've seen the images, okay? We've had the shared images of what's publicly out there. Think along that lines and don't think for one minute you're going to get a shiny new FPV system that the FPV community want. DJI generally don't cater to the niche markets. They cater to building product stacks that fit into their ecosystem. And every time DJI do something... It starts as very much DIY and then moves more towards the mainstream. So, take the FPV system. It started as a set of goggles and an ear unit. It then turned into an FPV drone. Take Lightbridge. Started as a wireless system, ended up as part of their ready-to-fly drones. Take everything DJI do. They do it to create new product stacks, not give communities features and capabilities they want. I would not be shocked if the system itself didn't even change what we have today. But we're going to have to see. We don't fully know. At the end of the day, until they announce and launch it, nothing is confirmed. And just to give you an idea, right, I've said this before to all of you, to some people on here, I was involved um, with the DJI FPV groups for a very long time, and I actually was dealing with the uh, Ronin stuff specifically. I have a lot of Ronin content on this channel, and I helped run the Ronin group. I remember looking at early info and details on the Ronin 4D over three years ago. I was involved in feeding back over three years ago. And it took that long to come out. So you can never fully be sure with DJI what will happen. So even what we know may never release because they may just choose to go, we're not doing it. That pictures of that drone, the Avata, that may never come. They may choose to just not bother. Just think 
don't think for one minute you're necessarily going to get the exact... You know, everyone wants DJI to release an FPV system with 1080p, longer range, proper OSD for FPV. Don't just assume that is what they're going to release. What they might release is another off-the-shelf drone that suits their ecosystem and not the FPV community. We already know that is a Cinewoop style thing, but it's more than that. It's something different again. So we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see. As for someone asked a question earlier, would you buy V1s or V? Would you buy V2 goggles now or wait for the V3? If you need them, buy them because no one knows when the next products come in. There's no official dates. There's no nothing. There's rumors of next month, but no one knows. And who's to say that goggle is going to be with an FPV system? That goggle could just release with that drone and only be compatible with that drone. Don't, again, assume there is a magical system coming. There are hints of something coming, but it doesn't necessarily mean it will happen. And again, when people are able to share it, they will. Trust me. I need to stream a couple of hours later. <laughs> no problem. Thanks, mate. So... That's it on the DJI stuff. We don't know for sure. I can't tell you what I do know because it's going to compromise some people. Uh, I love a bit of uh, Brian. DJI ecosystem is is much too much of a concrete wall. Yeah. HD Zero all the way. Yeah, we've got the HD Zero goggles around the corner. Don't forget that. Right. We have... 200 of you amazing people here. Please do consider giving us a like before I move on because there's only been 34. So if you are new here, welcome to the channel. We're next going to be talking a little bit about the Speedy Bee. I have a new flight stack from Speedy Bee, which I'm going to show you. I'm not going to show too much because the full video on this is coming tomorrow, but we do have a new flight stack from them. And then we'll talk about the Commando a little bit as well. And as always, if there are any questions... Um, please do let me know. Did GBI Ghost today? Did he mention he was streaming? I think the poor guy's probably very, very busy trying to put content together for a product that he's just been sent. If I was a betting man, that's what I bet he's doing. I don't know what he's doing, but if I was a betting man, I'm betting he's put, trying to put content together for, um, uh, that. Don't go commando, Gary says. <laughs> Never go commando. Um, HC Zero Goggle with an avatar receiver. Yeah, they haven't confirmed. Howdy, F Free Range Chicken. How are you? Fat Shark. Fat. Fat. That's not Fat Shark. That's Fat Nark. You'll make Philip a very happy man. Wait there. Uh, do, 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 do. Where is it? Click. Uh, Louis Vales. Just mention Ardra B. Has that launched yet, Louis? I was waiting on this. For those who haven't seen Ardraby, this was... Ardraby, for those who haven't seen it, is this micro-drone for the open-source community. Now, this thing looks super cool. It really, really does. But I, I wasn't sure if it had actually launched yet. Is it actually available? Because uh, Philip bought the project. Oh, have I missed something, Is I? No, he had to change the chips. I know Philip was working on it. 
I know he was doing that, but I haven't seen um I haven't seen much. Philip needs to reach out to me then and tell me what's going on. I need to put a video out on this then. So Ardra B, is Philip bought the project, is he? There we go. It's this um project for the micro drones for the open source. But there hasn't really been any news on this. Spoke yesterday about it. Ah, okay. It had all been very stagnated, not from Philip's side of things, as I understand it, but from the other side. I hadn't seen much. So do I need to send Philip a message and understand more, Gary, do I? Um, it's, it, it, it's a drone for STEM and stuff like that. Yeah, we did. We get them on Tuesday. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you got to take into account this isn't it's not strictly FPV. This is this is STEM stuff. So, um the PCB is the chassis. That is the idea of it. It is a an interesting product. So, no, that's a just get your head out of the glasses. Um so, that's that one. Okay. The Speedy B I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a look at this. Now, Speedy B have released this new stack which is what they now call the F7 version 3 BL Heli 32 50 amp 30 by 30. Now, there is some very interesting things on this stack. Let me just move into the right position. Um, for starters, it is an all-new stack with a 50 amp ESC. It's not running the same motor controllers as that one we had issues with. Don't worry. It has up to eight motors. It has a flash chip with 512 meg of storage for black box logs and it also has a built-in lipo checker on the side as well bluetooth connectivity for transferring data but it is also what they call solderless so it's got plugs for everything um and it's a new flight controller from them i actually have it here so if we go to the overhead we actually have the flight stack in hand we're gonna need to zoom in that's for sure oh unfocus um, where are we? Du, du, du. There it is. Here's the new flight stack here. Um, we'll just wait for the camera to get in. Now, this is a replacement for that version two where there were some issues. Uh, someone says, I'm nervous to Speedy B now, but how much of a pain in the ass it to get something replaced? I've got a number of Speedy B stacks here I've never had issues with. Yes, there were problems on that MCU change. You could argue that wasn't their fault. Yes, I think it. they used an MCU that was supported but wasn't supported in BL Heli. It's one of the dangers of open source. That's the problem. You know, in theory, it should have worked couple of the nice things about the stack, as I said, it does have that Bluetooth chip on board, USB-C. We have the battery checker built into it. It actually has a LiPo checker. So when you plug a battery in, it lights up the LEDs and tells you what the battery level is. If I just grab a LiPo, one second. You'll actually see this, and it does show you what the battery level is on the LEDs on the side. And it auto-configures for 4S, 6S, etc. as well. So it's a quick way to check what the ba if your battery's charged on the side of the flight controller. It also has the full Speedy B um, app support as well. It has a covered ESC. I can't see it in the existing stack, but it has a 
uh, heatsink over the top of the ESC as well. And it's full solderless connection, so there are connections all the way around. What's really cool on this thing is this massive black box storage. It's got 500 meg of black box, a dedicated black box chip. When you actually look on the flight controller, there's a dedicated chip. Um, can you see the cell voltage in OpenTX? Uh, can't you see the cell voltage? No, you can, but it's just if you want to have a way of doing it, you can do it that way. I, I, I'm not going to split the stack a minute because I've just put it together. You will see that in the review tomorrow, but this is now available. Now, these flight controllers are not cheap. Let's be honest. We're at the stage now where flight controllers are getting more and more expensive. $116 for the full stack. F7, BL Heli 32, 50 amp Barrow on board. It does have, um, the, I think it's the BMI 270 on the gyro. Someone just asked, what are my thoughts on the ICM versus the MPU? I am not an expert on gyros. I am really not an expert on gyros. I don't get too deep in how they feel. Let's just go down here. If we go on the spec, you can see here it's got the BM, uh, the BMI 270, and it's got the BMP 280 gyro. It's got an analog OSD chip, but a dedicated um, OSD chip as well if you need it. 500 meg of storage for black box, 3 to 6S. Camera input. It's got a massive back. Look at this back, right? 9 volt up to 4 amp of power output. 5 volt up to 2 amp. So it's got a huge back. Um, I haven't flown it. The, the quality control looks good. What I can't tell you is if there's any underlying issues yet, like we've seen on the other ones that we had in the past. I've got no reason to think that... It's got problems, but I haven't had it in an aircraft yet. I'm going to fly it this week. Um, I've only just had it. It literally came in a couple of days ago. The build quality of the board looks really good. You've got the ESC on a separate board on the back as well. So you can see there's a separate PCB for the main ESC. It's got a built-in TVS diode as well, which is always good. So it's got that additional protection, USB-C, little Wi-Fi antenna. It literally has everything on board you would ever need in a flight controller. You know, it's got Barrow, it's got um, GPS port, it's got everything. It's all the, the question is, does it suit your needs? Um, Reliability-wise, I would expect it to be okay. I'm not expecting issues. You know, yes, BDB have had some problems in their ESCs. They were burning out. Now, that was driven by a move to a different multi-controller. That multi-controller was supported in BL Heli, but it appears there were issues with that support, as I understand it. So you can argue it was... Beta, it was SpeedyB's fault for not fully testing it before shipping it to customers. But you could also say the problem was with the open source software as well. So it works both ways. Yes, there was a problem. They were one of the first to jump on that new MCU. This is not running that new MCU. They've gone back to one of the other ones. Um, I'm not aware of any issues with this. But again, we're just going to have to see. Generally, SpeedyB make decent controllers. I know JB in the past has recommended them. He took it off his recommendation list when that problem arose, but they've replaced it. Now, they've they fixed that issue with the new firmware. So I think, I think all of that's gone to bed. 
Did they say what the fix was? It was just a firmware update. They just had to update the firmware, Mike. That's all they did. I don't know the ins and outs of the actual cause, um, but they had to do an update like Luminary did. Um, yes, they could have tested it more first. The, uh, I suppose you could argue it should have had more testing. If you change the MCU, you should have more testing. But you could argue it should be fine. So, you know, issues happen. These things happen. I have no issues at this moment in time recommending this. Uh, to be honest, in the review, I'm not really recommending it. I'm giving you an overview. I haven't flown it yet, and I make that clear. They aren't cheap. £115. $116, sorry. But all flight stocks. There isn't anything more you'd want on a flight stock, that's for sure. It's got bloody everything. Everything under the sun. It really, really does. So, that's the new one from SpeedyB, and it also has a dedicated digital port, which comes with a cable that's compatible with DJI as well, but that will work with HD02. They call it a DJI port, but I think they should call it a digital port. I don't like the, um, the fact that they're calling it DJI only. It's not DJI, it's digital. Now, I know SpeedyB are part of Runcam, you can buy the ESC separately. They're pricing the ESC at $60. So it's up there with the T-Motor pricing. Um, it's up there with the T-Motor pricing. You know, everyone will have issues. It happens. You know, um, it's how they handle them is the important part. So the run camera link looks great. But I do know um, a few people were a bit off on Speedy B after that. But I certainly wouldn't have cheaper than the Hobby Wings. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And it's a nice stack. I'll be honest, it is a nice stack. Um, it really is. So I'm going to be putting it in an aircraft this week and making sure it flies okay. Okay. Before we move on, if you guys have got any questions, and something I haven't mentioned on that, actually, the app. The app is bloody fantastic. Now, if you haven't used the SpeedyB app recently, this app is just coming on. You can even do beta flight presets through this app now. You can even do the presets. You can do the presets, motor direction, everything. That feature is so good. So good. Is about average price for these days. Yeah, all of these stacks have got expensive. Okay, guys. If you've got any questions, please do put them in the chat. We will try and answer them. Please do give us a like if you are new here. And before then, we will move on and talk about the commando. When I find it. What's the mini max on the ESC? Uh, ESC goes up to 128 hertz, but I haven't seen the minimum. Um, they state... Let's have a look what they say. I know it's 128. Okay, let's have a look. Where are they saying? Does D shot 300, 600, and PWM? Do, 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 do. 128 kilohertz is what they're saying, but they haven't got a minimum in there. You can set the PWM frequency up to 128k. One of the minis. Might be like the last one, only 128K. It says up to 128K. What system is the best analog and digital latency? What are the actuals? 
Might be like the last one. Shakes on the hobby wing 60 ounce stack and found a broken leg and a cap. Yeah, it happens. The cap will vibrate loose. The cap will vibrate loose. It does. You've got to be careful with it. What system has the best analog and digital latency and what are those actuals? Um, can you just explain that, David, a bit more? What do you mean? Uh, are you talking about a video system? We'll come back to that one. Uh, an analog edition. Do you mean the system that will take analog and digital? Any ideas why the Cube Orange has doubled in price? Kevin Corns. Yeah, component prices. It is as simple as component prices and cost of manufacture. Philip's been open with it that it costs more to make them. He's had to put the price up end of that's it he has no choice the stm 32s all of that it, it is what it is right now i don't know what is a cube orange now pricing um yeah they've gone up what's ben gone at? let me just have a look on ben yeah they have yeah that's double in it yeah nearly double £200 more. It is what it is. It is what it is. It's the world we're in. Unfortunately, component pricing, cost of manufacturer, cost of everything. Remember when clone Arduinos were like 5 bucks? they're now 20 Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um... I can check. I'll. I will check what the PWM is on this ESC when I get a chance to plug it in, and we'll do the minimum and maximum. I don't know if it's fixed. I'll need to figure out <laughs> what version of BL Heli Suite I need for it. I want to have a check. Did they say the last ones were fixed? Were they? Yeah, I haven't got a remember which clone. So, yeah, there we go. So, okay. Let me find this radio. Where is it? Oh, it's the Dave Martin. Analog latency rule of thumb is 23 milliseconds. All right, analog is sort of 0 to 23. Uh, what your latency in analog is. Okay, so latency in these systems, that's an interesting question. So, latency on analog can be as low as 1 to 3 milliseconds. Chris Ross has measured it at sort of 3, 5, 7. Average sort of 12 to 17. What you've got to take into account is, what are you classing as latency? So, if you're talking point-to-point -point latency, that can be as little as 3 milliseconds on FPV. We've measured it down to 2 to 3 milliseconds. Radio latency is six milliseconds rule of thumb. It can be less than that. There's no okay. The cameras is where the latency is, not the radio system. There's no conversion here. So, what you're dealing with is position of scan line, sync, and how the camera shutter behaves. So, for instance, if you're using a global shutter camera, it is capturing the whole shutter before sending that frame. So it's banking that for 16 milliseconds before you start at 30 frames a second. So you're ha having to hold on to that frame 
before it's being sent. However, if you're dealing with a rolling shutter camera that's scanning in line by line, the latency can be as low as three or four milliseconds if you're measuring a single point because you're not waiting for a frame, you're measuring a single point in time. So the top left pixel to the top left pixel being written on the goggles can be as low as two, three milliseconds. But the time it takes for that whole frame to be written from top left to bottom right, because remember we're scanning, can be 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 milliseconds. So that's where the complication factor is. So when you are talking around latency, you have to understand the question, first of all, what is it you want? Are we talking a full frame or are we talking a point in time to a point in time? Because that is the difference. And we, we have been measuring them differently. So HD0 scans, but scans in lines, not in... Whereas analog will scan along a line, HD0 scans a line down. So it's a very complicated thing to measure is latency because if you're going to take a whole frame of data, then that is different to point-to-point, glass-to-glass latency. And, and that's the question. So you can say analog will have an average latency of around 15, 16 milliseconds on average. But depends the camera. There are some cameras that will be 24, 25 milliseconds. But that camera at 24, 25 milliseconds may seem lower latency than the one at 16, especially if it's delivering a whole frame of data with change. And that's the problem because, again, it's perception of change. And then you've got the whole problem of interlaced. You know, remember, we're not actually delivering frames. We're delivering fields because that's the next problem because we're not actually in analog delivering. You're delivering 30 frames a second, but every other field is from a different point in time. So you're actually delivering 60 fields a second from two different points in time because you're scanning every other line A and then every other line B. But lines from B are not from the same point in time as lines from A. And then you get that whole mess of the interlacing effect that I discussed in my video on the analog goggles such as the Skyzone 04 xs and the whole horribleness that you get with the 60 frames DVR because what they're then having to do is take a 60 fields a second image which is actually 30 frames a second and create a frame in the middle of that to push it back up to 60 frames a second and it looks like garbage and that's what they're doing especially compared to digital. DJI comes in a bit oddly. So DJI comes in at two separate parts of the frame. DJI is a bit weird. They're delivering a chunk of data and then they're delivering another chunk of data, but they're not the same every time. Interestingly, it actually looks like DJI's panel is in upside down in their FPV goggles because it actually starts at the bottom of the image and works up. So we actually think the panel is upside down. So, for instance, DJI delivers on the goggles sort of a third of the image and then another th two-thirds of the image. So you get a block in and then a second two blocks. Whereas HD0 comes in at two or three lines at a time. But the problem with HD0, and this is something that 
Carl intends to fix with these own goggles is there's no synchronization on HD zero between the scanning of the camera and the scanning or the output of the display. Because again, the display is an important factor here as well. Is your display writing line by line or is your display writing in a global fashion from the frame buffer? Many digital displays will just write from a global fashion on the frame buffer. So for instance, HD0 can be scanning in lines at a time but then that is being held by the frame buffer on the display and then at some point in time it's going to deliver that frame. So at that frame you may have the top lines from the last scan and the bottom lines from the new scan because they're not synchronized. So there is so much complication in what is latency because... At the moment, we don't have a system that truly synchronizes in and out yet. It's a massively complex subject. It really, really is. And it's a rabbit hole we never get out of. <clears throat> if that all makes sense. So, that's my rant on latency over. Okay, the next thing we're going to talk about is this, the Commando 8. Now, iFlight have sent this to me this week. They reached out last week, and they've sent this for me to have a look at. i got something else coming this week, and I don't know what it is. I'll have to try and figure out what that is. But yeah, so we have the Commando 8. Now, this is the 2.4 gig Express LRS edition. It is not... The dual version all has the dual antennas. It only has the single one, as far as I understand it. And I just thought I'd give you guys a quick look. Now, I haven't really played with this much yet. Just to give you guys an idea, this radio is... Uh, how much is it? Let's just have a look. Express LRS 2.4 gig edition. $130. Um... Mm. I think that's interesting territory. I really do. Chimbal Insanity, I'm not going to deny that. You are right. But it, it really isn't a competitor for the Zorro, in my opinion. I think they're very different radios. They really are very, very different radios in many, many ways, ways, many ways. But I thought I'd just give you guys a quick look at it if you haven't seen it. Um, if we come out a little bit, there we go, just to show you. So it comes in this box. I'll just show you this. Get it out. It is very much a gamepad controller. Okay, there's no hiding that. Um, we've got the sticks down there. I've also got some longer sticks that they've sent me as well for the radio. Um, there are some things I really like on this, right? Okay, so number one, I do like this feature. I think that is fantastic. I really do like that. That's great, being able to twist it side and side. Um, it is hard to say that it isn't a copy of the DJI FPV remote. 
I'll be honest, it feels, it looks like it, it feels like it. Buttons and switches wise, there's not a lot here. You've got two latching on each corner. And then you've got two, three positions, okay? Again, rockers, a bit like the DJI controller. No momentaries, both latching. On this one, both latching. Um, you've then got the gimbals, which are whole gimbals. Um, you've got on the bottom USB-C port, SD card, and power button. Here's something. No scroll wheels, Bruce. No scroll wheels. Um, here's something super interesting. I found interesting. It literally turns on like a DJI remote controller. If you press the button once, it shows you the battery status. Press and hold the button again, and it powers on. And it literally is identical in many ways to that. Put the throttle down. Now, it's got this little screen. Now, I'll be honest. Up front, I thought this is... I can't imagine what use a screen that small will be. However, I have to admit, I actually quite like the screen. It does everything you need the little screen to do. Yes, we always want a bigger screen, but it works fine. It's actually really good. <laughs> it, it's one of those things you sort of think, oh, that's small. But it, it actually, you see, you can see everything. You know, if I go into the model menu, right? So if I go into model... I can then scroll through. You you got everything. You, you lit. It, it's exactly the same. It it's it's actually quite funny. Um. Yeah, you think it's tiny. And look, you're gonna need good eyesight. I'm not gonna hide that fact. You're gonna need good eyesight. But yeah, it, it works fine. You've got a back button down here. You've got your main settings. If you want to go into that, you can press, uh, I think, is it press and hold to go into the main settings, and then you can scroll through. Yeah, better than a color screen you can't read in sunlight. Yes, Bruce. Yeah, it, it you know, it, it, it's, it's everything there, you know. So, you know, that's the basics of the radio. If I grab a stick a minute, let me just grab one of these. Um, does it have trim levers? No, Bruce. No trims, no nothing. It literally has two switches, two push buttons, and these in the middle. Gimbal-wise, there is flex there. Not for fixed wing, no. There is flex there. I haven't flown it to tell you what it's like. That feels all right. You know, I think that feels okay. Not so sure on the stick ends. A bit short for me. There's no adjustment on the stick ends either. So you've got nothing there you can play with, nothing you can move around. Um, on the back, it says peel back. I haven't managed to actually do that yet. I need to have a look at that a little bit later. Um, I think it's 500 milliwatts, Bruce. 500 milliwatts Express LRS. So standard 2.4, 500. Um, Built-in batteries as well, non-changeable. They're built into the remote, unless they're under these covers. But I believe... There we go. We can get one up. There you go. Just screw holes. 
Nothing else. No, I don't. Um, I don't think they're eighteen six fifties. What are they saying on the website? Let me just have a look. Now, I also do have um, a, a bay connector. They've sent for it as well. There is a bay, a bay option for it, so we can put a bay on the back. Give me a second. My door is opened. Sorry about that. My, 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 my wind dragged the door open. Um, so there's some screws and adjustments under there, but I haven't looked too close at that yet. They're, they're rubbery sort of grips that go back on like that. You can hear it does run. Um, I can't get... Like all of these radios you tend to play with, you can't get the bloody things back together again. Oh, there we go. There we go. So that's that back cover on. Um, at this point, I haven't flown it. I can't really comment much more than that. You know, there's not a lot more to show other than that. I'll be honest, guys. You know, there really isn't. Battery-wise, what they're saying, if we hop over to the desktop, they're saying... Yeah, 18650s, 2 amp. 2 2 amps, Bruce. 3.6 volt voltage, 14.4 watt in power use. Now, oh, that's capacity, sorry, not power usage. Capacity. Now, I'm going to do the same checks on this that I'm going, did on the Zorro for power use as well. Sorry, wrong camera. Um, I'll do the same checks on that too. I need to move the lens on this. Let me... There you go. You can see me now. Um, yeah, I need to do the same checks on what the power usage of the radio is. I don't know yet. And we're going to have to see that. But I'll have to tear it down to do that one. Battery capacity is better than the Zorro, 100%. Um, but you can save a bit on the Zorro. For those who didn't see, I did some charts on the power drawer on the Zorro. Um, if I just go back to there and move that out the way a minute. It's quite loud in use as well. It's got a fan on board in the back. You guys can see it there. There's a fan there. And then to turn it off, you've got to do the same as DJI. Press once. And press and hold to turn off. And it shuts down. Um, let me just hop over to here. What am I looking for? I am looking... Drive. For those who didn't see, I did some stuff on the Zorro. I think, I think, I. It doesn't feel as good as a Zorro up front. I think it's a hard sell, but it is a smaller radio, a much smaller radio than the Zorro. It is, you know, it's in that beta FPV radio category. Um, more than the Zorro. I think the Zorro is a very different radio. I think the Zorro is basically a fully-fledged radio in a smaller platform. I think this is more entry-level, although the price pushes it beyond that. So I'm not upfront convinced it's great value, if I'm honest. Um, we're going to have to see on that one. Let me just have a look at the Zorro... Let me just find that. 
it's going to be. It's. I think it's a tough one. For those who didn't see on the Zorro, I did some charts on power usage. And here they are here. And you can see the Zorro drawing um, the power of the Zorro at different outputs. So, for instance, we did here at 10 milliwatt, how many milliamps the, the radio was drawing with and without the screen. So you've got about a 50 milliamp saving on the Zorro with the screen backlight off, the screen on, but the backlight off. Um, but the Zorro at 250 milliwatt is drawing 470 milliamp. So we're going to have to have a look at what this draws to try and understand more. Um, mm, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting indeed. We've... As I said, I don't want to make an opinion until I've tried it properly, but I think it's a tough sell based on the price. But we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see. As always, I'll tell you what I think. They did send it to me, but that won't change my opinion. Um, CB Runner, I want to say a massive thank you for the super chat. Um, concealed pre-order and got Zorro very happy. Zorro's a very good radio. The Zorro is a very good radio. Uh, genuinely, I think it's one of the best radios on the market today. And it takes a lot of beating. It takes a lot of beating. CB Runner, massive thank you. Um, $10 super chat towards the new HDFPV system. I really appreciate that. Matt, you really don't know how much I appreciate that. That system, okay, so it was $800 the other day, and there's going to be another £200 import duties and tax I've got to pay on getting it into the UK. It's not going to be cheap, put it that way. It's going to be expensive, but it will be worth it, and hopefully... What direction do you point the DJ Black remote controller? The remote or the antennas? Dennis? So, if you're talking about this thing, the best advice for antennas on this, and m most people don't think of this, oh, you... Yeah. The Inspire remotes allow you to go all the way around. Most DJIs, rabbit ears. Most DJIs are rabbit ears, if you can. But the problem with that is you're not irradiating well. If you're flying out far, you want to sort of be like that. But maybe... If you could, the ideal would actually be rotate them all the way around. But this remote won't allow you and have them down. So on the Inspire 2 remote, you could put the antennas that way. And that is a great way to do them, if you can see what I mean. Because what you're then doing is transmitting out that way at a good level with the remote that way round. However, these antennas, I did just twist harder and it came off, Bruce. <laughs> Look, there you go. I just twisted harder. 
There you go. I just twisted harder, and I've the antenna's hanging off. You can't see it properly, but there, look. So don't twist that hard. Don't go that far round. <laughs> uh, Road to Shot FPV. Hi, Ian. Great content. Love your channel. You are going to Drone Fest in Nottingham. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, it would be great to be there. What's the date of it again? I did see it advertised. FPV Drone Fest. FPV Drone Fest. I did see it. When's the? When is it? August the twelfth to fourteenth. I need to check if I'm not away. If I can. I will definitely come. If I can, I will definitely come. A hundred percent. But thank you for the super chat, mate. I really appreciate it. I really do. Yeah, every penny is going to count on these goggles. <laughs> I, I paid the money. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Um... So, Numskull, how are you, my friend? Hope you're safe and well. Good, 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 good. Great to see you there. It would be fantastic to come and have a a beer if it's an overnight. I like doing overnights with a beer. I always like doing overnights with a beer. If I had go, I'd need to get on the sticks for a bit. I am so rusty. It's crazy. I haven't flown a lot in the last couple of weeks. I haven't been able to. The weather's been really strange, really odd. I've been traveling a bit as well, so I haven't been able to. Um, but, um, yeah, it's been complicated. So, guys, before we wrap this one up, we're going to have Q&A. Um, really, any questions, please do put them in. Um, so far, we've made it through with the podcast, the Roadcaster, working very well. Just for those who missed the start of the show, I have a new toy that allows me to do things like this. Hello, good morning. I have the wrong button. See, I'm not used to it. Sorry, I pressed the wrong button. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. How are you? I hope you are all safe and well. Would you like to hear from the, the dark one from below as well? Hello, good morning. Anyway, that's enough of that nonsense. Um, but yes, we have... Uh, we have oh, Bot Grinder. I haven't seen Bot tonight. I haven't seen the Bot Man. He is around. I haven't seen him. Um, but yes, um, I'm using the new device site, but what I'm also recording this at the same time on the podcast, which is going to allow me to upgrade. This one's going to be going up as a podcast and all of my future ones will be going up as podcasts as well. Lots of new options with this all here as well. Um, yeah, the, 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 F, the, my F, that's your FPV voice. Oh, this, this, yeah, this is my FPV voice. Hello, this is the FPV voice. So, how today we are going to be smashing this into a set of trees, followed by a building shortly afterwards with fire. So, yes, that's my FPV voice. But we can do other stuff. I've got the options for music. So, for instance, as well, um, if we go onto this one here, drop that down a little bit so we can. enough of that <laughs> so um yes no that's license free license free license free but no the important thing is um it's going to allow me to do stuff differently 
And yeah, that's that's the idea of it. So if you've got any questions, guys, please do put them in the chat. This next week should be very, very interesting because in the next, you can tell it was license free. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So um, this week should be a very interesting week in FPV because I would expect the reviews for the HD system from Fat Shark to Land. Now, none of us for sure really know what we're going to be getting. There are people with it in hands. JB, um, I'm not at the moment. I'm not monitoring the audio. JB is um, obviously going to have his review, and that's going to be the massive one, you know. JB will do a great job on that, and, and that's going to make their mind up for a lot of people. But there will always be space for everyone else to have their opinion as well. We don't know at the moment what is working and what isn't. You know, there is so much strangeness to this release. And really, you've also got to compartmentize this release into several sections. You've got the behavior of the companies, the launch the whole mess around it, and then the product. Now, at the end of the day, if the product is good and it gets support, all of this madness will fall away. It won't matter. So for me, what I'm looking forward to is to put the product center stage and discuss that. Yes, we will be discussing what is and isn't working, but we'll also be a game of, okay, so what isn't working today when do we expect it to be working and what do we think? I have seen some interesting comments from Walksnail and Fat Shark about this being for racing. I've heard the comment racing more than once with this system, and I think, mm, okay, really? You're targeting that? You know, I would have thought they would be targeting freestyle FPV, is what I would have thought they would have been targeting, and general FPV. But... I have heard the racing comment more than once. You know, they won't beat HD Zero, as, as Timlin Insanti says there. Timlin Insanti, sorry. Um, but that is what is being said. So I think it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to being able to put the product in hand, let all of that fall away, let any of my biases on how they've behaved, what they've done, what I think they should have and shouldn't have done. Let all of that fall to the wayside and then sit back and look at what the product actually does. Um, did I hear right? Right, right, right. Only three to four kilometers range. Yes, the range is rated at four kilometers, Chris. But also, DJI state there's to be four kilometers as well. So, I don't think that's something we can take as fact at this moment in time. The DJI exactly, again, states at 4K, even though we know it will do 13 kilometers. Um, so... We're going to have to wait. When approximately is DJI coming out with the next FPV device? We do not know. No one knows when DJI is releasing. We haven't even had the usual leaks yet. It doesn't feel close. If it does launch, it'll be... They've kept it behind closed doors a lot. 
<laughs> Fe no V camera. Yeah, 60 milliseconds of latency. Um, so I'm looking forward to trying letting all of the biases, you know, all of my preconceptions, my... Because, look, we all have preconceptions on this launch. It's been such a, a polarizing event, this launch. We all have the things we're like, ooh, I'm not sure about that. Ooh, we're going to have to wait and see. In the end, it will be what it will be. We'll let the, the nonsense fall to the wayside and let the product talk. I am not expecting this to be finished on day one. I am fully expecting this to be halfway there. And I'm not even going to say that's a bad thing. I have no issues with it not being fully ready yet. I'm okay with that as long as I understand what we we, we have. You know, but we're going to have to see. We don't know. We genuinely don't know. I suspect we'll know this week. I strongly suspect. How do I monitor my audio out for my stream? At the moment, I don't. I have a set of headphones here connected, but they're not on my head. If I want to monitor my audio, I put these on. And then I can monitor my audio. But I don't wear them all the time. I as, I ask you guys to tell me when something isn't working. And and you do that. You shout at me and say, it's not working. <laughs> I could have too much fun with that. Um, but yeah. Uh, but look, the reality is, Fat Shark have remained silent. We have had no comments from Fat Shark. We have had nothing from them on um, what they're going to give people. They've not updated on shipping dates. They've not updated on anything. Everything we've had from Fat Shark remains crickets. And I know I've got a button that produces crickets, but literally it has been the case. We've now had Walk Snail hand over some info, um, but... Other than that, we still don't know anymore. We we simply don't, and we're going to have to wait and see. If you want to experience latency without buying goggles, try Google Stadia. Yeah, I've heard that. The Stadia is interesting. Um, it is interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got a button to, to, to make all sort of noises like that. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it is... Analog's making a comeback. New products released in the second quarter of 2012. <laughs> Analog's far from over. Far, far from over. There's still a lot to do with Analog. There's still a lot around. Digital will never fully replace. It has a place in the market, don't get me wrong. But it will never replace. It will never replace. So, as Type has just said, we have finally hit the 101 thumbs up. Before we finish, I just want to say a massive thank you for everyone for spending some time with me on a Sunday night. I'm going to leave my headphones on for this one. Um, if you are new here, please do consider hitting the subscribe button. If you want to support us to help pay for this bloody goggles that's cost me an absolute fortune, please do check out the links in the description to my Patreon as well as buy me a coffee. I want to say a massive, massive thank you to all of my Patreons. Your support has been unbelievable. I really really um, am interested in finding out what you guys want from me more, how I can help do things better so more people are interested in Patreon. Uh, we're going to have to see. 
we're going to have to see what more we can do. Rob, when is your next video about HD Zero? The event Rx is picking up. I have heard some stuff today, but I don't know the ins and outs of it. I need to speak to some people. I was sent some messages today that there was issues with the analog race VTX, but I don't know what it a VRX, sorry. But I don't know what it was doing. Was it picking up analog on the digital or or what was it doing? I'd love to see 1080i for analog FPV. Bruce was designing that. Bruce was the man who was going to bring that. No porn bots tonight. No hope. That's interesting, Richard. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good point. We've managed to keep them out. Um, yeah, we've not done bad on that one. Uh, goodbye for now. Thanks for sharing. No problem at all, David. Please stay safe. Thank you, Bobby. I really appreciate that. So, look after yourself. Stay safe. I will speak to you all soon. We will be back probably with some interesting observations next week. I may even have a system in hand. It could be here this time next week. Stay safe. Look after yourselves. And I will speak to you soon. Now I've got to find the off button. Where is that? Uh, how do I end? Always the same end in a stream. You can never end a stream gracefully. There's no graceful way to end a live stream. You always stand there zooming around looking for a mouse pointer to hit the button on YouTube. Um, but anyway, thank you guys. I will speak to you next week. Button one, button two.